Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Where has the unexpectancy of life tripped you up? Has this caused you to lose focus on your dreams and aspirations? Are you? Do you mean like like the marriage, the kids, the dinner, the daily living, yeah, just a living life? daily? Yes, all those minor details. But if we really truly value like our aspirations and our dreams, rather than just kind of pushing them aside, we will make it happen. And sometimes it's a matter of figuring out how to make it happen, like our like, next steps. Yes. It's like we, we think about it all the time, but you just want someone to come along and guide you and go, what's, what's the next thing? What do I have to do here? Okay. Well, stopping by and joining us today are two women who know what it is like to have dreams and then fearlessly pursue them. Both are accomplished authors that many of you might be familiar with. You're going to walk away from today's show. That's our promise, right? Yes. Challenge <laughs> to think or rethink about your own dreams and what it will take for you to personally pursue and make them happen. So let the dreaming begin. Well, the problem is, because I, I love that, we always, we're good at that, like letting the dreams begin. The problem that many people have with really chasing their dream is twofold. I think many people allow everyday life, and you know how I say many people because we are we are, we are the that. many. <laughs> we are in the many people. And we allow everyday life to get in the way of chasing the dream. I mean, you and I, we will, you know, we'll talk about the dream, but it's it's a lot easier to just keep going to work, you come home, you do your chores, you watch some television. You're stuck. Yes. And then it's actually work at, at chasing a big dream, um, which leads to the second point. We, If we start looking at goals that are just way too far off, they're, they're just nebulous. Like you can't even, you don't know what to reach for. That was a really big word you just used. Nebulous. I yes. know, that is a good word. I know. Yes. Yes. I know that quite often, you know, in the evenings you get home, you're beat. The last thing that you want to think about is, I'm going to use it again. Are you ready? Is about that huge, giant, nebulous thing that you want to do. Um, just the sheer weight of it can make you even more tired. So you just put it aside. And it doesn't have to be that way, don't you think? You, no, I agree. <laughs> you're, well, you're preaching, if, baby. If you have this big audacious dream, even if your life is incredibly busy and you're, you know, maybe your finances, you think, oh, I can't afford to take this time out. But you can start to make it happen. Okay, so tell us. me how I start. Okay, well, here's how. Because I'm one of the many. First thing, and this is something you can do immediately is write down, I know we hear this all the time, but truly actually do it. Write down what your dream is, and it doesn't have to be specific. Um, in fact, it can be as nebulous as you want, but just write it down so then you start, it starts growing after you write it down rather than just keeping it lofty in your head. So basically it's start. 
Yes. Just start, start doing there. something. Okay. Start before there. we get any further into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, well, let's go ahead and meet our first guest. Our first guest, Sarah E. Ladd, has always loved the Regency period. And so do we. Yes. The clothes, the music, the literature, and the art. A college trip that she took to England and Scotland confirmed her interest in the time period and gave her an idea of what life would have looked like in that era. It wasn't until 2010 that um, Sarah decided she just began writing seriously. So shortly after um, her book was released in, uh, it was called The Whispers on the Moor series. And book one of the series, The Harris of Winterwood, was the recipient of the 2011 ACFW Genesis Award for hysterical are not hysterical, historical <laughs> romance. Sarah's newest book, The Headmistress of Rosemere, reminds us everything is in God's hands. Sarah is, um, it is a privilege, Sarah, sorry about um, that mumble jumble of the hysterical when we were talking historical here, but it's such a privilege to welcome you to our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you guys today. Well, we hope you're highly caffeinated because we are, and so <laughs> you're going to have to just like bulldoze and, and, and jump over us because, you know, she's throwing out big words today like nebulous, and she's going hysterical on us when we uh-huh. should be going hysterical. <laughs> um, but you know what? We we're, were talking, as you probably heard, about dreams and making them reality and not being overwhelmed by a dream, but, but breaking it down and, and, you know, into significant chunks that's doable and, and just starting. And so your dream of writing and obviously you have made that dream a reality but what were some of your first steps when you you know it's it's like it's easy we discover okay I am passionate about this this lights me up I find when I talk about this I come alive so obviously you know there's something there it's a dream so for you what were your first steps just getting started because that's the hardest part you know, first of all, let me apologize. I had a little dental work this morning done, and I really thought the numbness would wear off. So if my speech is a little blurred, I apologize in advance. Um, if you're submitting, um, if, you, if you're like drooling all over our, our, our <laughs> microphones, we're going to be really irritated at you, just saying. But when you talked about the hysterical part of the romance before, and like really it is kind of funny to, to be on a radio <laughs> interview when you just had dental work done. So I apologize. It was it was my oversight. But, There's um, no apologies needed. You'll fit right in with our show today. <laughs> we talk all the time as if we just got out of the dentist office. <laughs> but, you know, back to thinking back to when I first decided to really seriously pursue writing, I think the first thing that myself and along with a lot of other women think when approaching an idea like that is the first things you do is to start immediately identifying the why nots. Oh, I would really love to write a book, but here's why I can't. And it's easy to focus on those things that are more of the negatives instead of the positives. And I think that once we can get past those first hurdles, that's when we really start to be able to reach for that dream that we had. And, um, you know, you talked about writing down your dream. I definitely did that right off the bat. And I felt a little silly doing it at first. But then as I came back to it the next day and wrote down how I can achieve that, it became more real. And so it was just kind of like the first very tangible step I took to, um, to making the writing a reality. 
we we do keep that many times we think oh i don't need to write it down i know what my my dreams are but research does it, it, it shows that people that are actually writing it down then you can slowly start growing from that but i love that you are also writing down why not well and the yes. good thing about writing down is i know i myself am very visual so when you write it down it's visually in front of you mm-hmm. instead of just floating in your head and you know just kind of aloof out there mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. helps me yeah well and you know, then the I line- just write it down and stick it in a notebook I put it somewhere where I could see it regularly and so it didn't go to the back of my head it didn't take second stage it's something that I actively thought about every day and took a few minutes to think about okay what do I need to do today even if it's only five minutes what steps do I need to take to help me along my journey mm-hmm. that's great to, those steps um, Lisa and I have had some fabulous dreams, if we do say so ourselves. And some of those dreams we have worked on, we've written them down, and we've moved forward. And then they haven't panned out the way that we would like for them to. What, what kind of tip do you have? I mean, it just turns into this huge obstacle. And it's easy to look at it as, okay, you know, that was an epic fail, rather than, okay, we need to tweak it and and move forward so what have been some of your greatest obstacles as you're moving forward in those steps well and before i talk about the obstacles i think it's important to remember this even though we have a specific dream in mind where we think the end goal is one specific thing we really need to remember that you know all of our dreams come from god and he knows what the outcome is before we do. Mm. And just because we think that our dream is to be published or fill in the blank with your own dream, that may not be God's goal for that dream. So whenever you're on your journey to whatever it is your dream is, be looking, see what's happening, what people are coming into your life, what opportunities arise. Because just because you think you're on the road to one dream coming true, God could be using that as a path to get you to another dream. And so that's something I tried to remember when I was writing that, you know, okay, this dream of wanting to be published is my dream, but, you know, stay close with God, stay in prayer and find out what his dreams are for your life. Mm. And, um, but then circling back around to the obstacles, you know, certainly. Wait, I can't interrupt you there, Sarah, because that is such a good point. Um, many times as Lisa and I are out and we're speaking at conferences, we have women coming up and they, I want to write this book and they have this main idea and, or, you know, I want to be a speaker. And it's like, they, they feel like, okay, God's given me, me this dream. And that is such a good point that so many times it, yeah, you, he might allow you to follow in that dream, but maybe that's not the destination of that. It could lead you. So, you know, eyes wide open because Mm -hmm. um, you realize that not everyone's going to be a speaker and not everyone's going to write a book. But as you go down that path, there's other things that that God is going to put in your in your way that might be might follow up on your your dreams. And maybe that's not going to be the full outcome of that. And sometimes it's a lesson that you need to learn. You know, it a lesson that you need something about your personality or your faith with God that needs to be grown in order for you to be the person that God wants you to be. And he uses that dream as a catalyst to help you get there. And it's just a really fascinating. I know several other writers and authors who have shared with me, you know, through this relationship, this happened, or I was blessed because of this, or, you know, it's just a really fascinating journey. Mm. 
Well, we just have less than a minute before we have to take our first break. And Sarah, you, there's just some great points here to just kind of um, to kind of go into deeper because you're absolutely right. When we God does know the outcome, and when we pursue Him, He He gives us those opportunities. It's like sometimes times we seek the opportunities instead of seeking God. And when mm-hmm. we see God, he reveals those opportunities to us when we're looking and doing our part. And so those, those are some great distinctions you we, have in there. We want him to reveal those, those things on our time, though, not exactly. on his time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, Sarah says, I think a lot of people look within themselves to try to find answers to their problems. But if we look to ourselves for solutions, we will be disappointed. Instead, we should take our problems, cares and worries to God, and lay them at his feet. Pray about them. Ask God to This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show and our conversation with author Sarah Ladd. And we've been talking about dreams and aspirations, and um, now I'm going to just like run nebulous down to the ground since you like that word so much, Lisa, <laughs> and how these nebulous dreams are in our head, and we need to be writing them down. And Sarah had such great points about the, the obstacles that you have in, in those dreams and how God will use every single thing, every and then, experience. And then sometimes the destination we think of our dreams is not necessarily the destination God has 
for our dreams. Yes, absolutely. And we take the scenic route. And we want to talk about uh, Sarah's latest book here later on in the show, but we also want to find out, Sarah, just as a writer, um, you you have to be somewhat strategic in um, the, your marketing and brand management and how do you juggle both. And that comes along with some of the obstacles that, that you're dealing with. So kind of go into those steps as well. Well, like you mentioned, my background, my professional background is in strategic brand management and marketing. And I worked in, I've been in that role for about 12 years now. I still work part-time in marketing in addition to writing. And, you know, it's really funny how God put this down a journey. You know, we talked a little bit how God will unfold his plans. And I've been working for 12 years in a field that really is helping me in my writing career. And, um, and yeah, and so as I think about why it's important for authors to really understand marketing is really your brand and your marketing is how you're perceived in the marketplace. So that's really something that authors, especially newer authors coming into the scene, really want to pay attention to and focus on. Mm-hmm. How do you juggle? Okay, well, you go back to you, you've done this strategic, you know, marketing, your branding, you've done this for 12 years in corporate, and you're and then you're doing the writing. A lot of people will, you know, one thing and do another but like you said it it enhances even as you write how do you juggle all of that how do you how does that overlap for you and how does one benefit the other well um how i juggle both is just by really being very very um determined and specific with my my working hours during the day i have very specific specific calendars for each job, and I really stick to it as much as possible. And it's really interesting. When I first started um, having the dream to write, I started praying because I knew working full-time I wouldn't be able to juggle both. So I started praying, God, if this is something you really want me to do, I'm going to need help because I'm not going to have time to do both because I have a young family, you know, outside responsibilities, all those obstacles that we identify as being the things that get in the way of our dreams. And so not that they're bad things, they're very valid things and very mm-hmm. important and, you know, very close to us. But if we're talking specifically about dreams, it takes away from our time. Mm-hmm. And so I started praying, God, I don't know what the solution is, but just make your plan known. And over the course of the past couple of years, he has really opened doors for me and allowed me to lessen the number of times I work in marketing. And so I could increase my writing hours. And so it's just a real true testament to God really caring about the details of our dreams. And um, when it's his will, he helps clear that path for us. And so, you know, it is, there is still times where it's difficult to juggle, like when I'm on a deadline for writing or if there's a big event at work. And really, the way I do it is just being really open with communicating with the people who are involved in the process, with my editors, with my boss, just keeping those communication lines really open and planning ahead as much as I possibly can. Well, you know, that is, it goes back to, which is such a novel idea, you just pray. You know, we just mm-hmm. think of that it's so tightly, but it really is when you pray and, and bring God, you go into where God is leading you in, in your dreams and praying for your schedule. Like you said, God does care about the details. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just look at this and go, okay, you're giving me these amazing opportunities. I don't know how to juggle it, but God does. And he will provide, and like you said, he kind of rearranges the schedule and provides with that. Especially when you're working. And my biggest piece of, of advice with that is to just really keep your priorities in line. It's easy to get kind of battered by timelines and deadlines and everything, but when you keep those top priorities right in front of you, everything else seems to fall into place. Like for me, you know, it's time with God, my family, 
family is paramount and the most important thing in my life. I need to make sure that I dedicate the, you know, keep them my focus. And then everything else just seems to fall into place. Well, and, and you're working it. It's, you know, so many times I know I've been guilty of this. You're praying, but then you're not moving forward on those steps. Like, like mm-hmm. God's just gonna all of a sudden, you know, make it happen and make your, your hands start writing. I mean, you have to like prime the pump. You have to make that time. Like you're saying. You have or, to do you, your, part your part as you're praying. And so it's like, a, it's truly is a partnership mm-hmm. with God and allowing him. And like you said, he does provide and he, he surprises us with opportunities that we couldn't even imagine. I know we mm-hmm. have seen that and experienced that. And those are the best opportunities, not the one that we try to, to make happen, but the ones that God surprises us with. Um, we don't want to lose tr- time. And before we uh, give you an opportunity to really talk about your book and your new book and how our listeners can find uh, out more about you and about your book and a little bit about what it's about and what they can expect when they turn the pages. Well, um, my newest release is The Headmistress of Rosemere, and it is the second book in the Whispers on the Moor series. And it is a series that is set in Regency England, which is the time period between 1811 and 1820 in British history. And if you think it's pretty much Jane Austen, like the time period that Jane Austen wrote in. So if you've seen any of those movies, it's in that time period. And basically what I wanted to do with the Whispers on the Moor series was answer the question, what would a woman in the Regency period not do. And so um, this book is a story of a young woman who has kind of, um, for lack of a better term, inherited her father's girls' school. And that was considered something in that time period that was not the typical path that a young woman might take. Um, But it tells about her story and um, she finds herself in situations that she doesn't really understand and through her journey learns that, you know, when we put our faith and trust in God, that... um, that he makes his plans known. And, of course, we have a, a dashing hero and all those things that we love about um, stories from that time period. So I am on Facebook. I love to connect with readers on Facebook. I'm at Sarah Ladd Author. And then, um, of course, my website is Sarah, uh, com, and Sarah is spelled with an H. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Twitter. So I would love to connect with readers there. Well, that is awesome. Okay, we we love that time period that you're into. How do you do your research for that? When you're writing, like you're you're developing the characters, you're developing, you're in this time period. There's a lot of things you have to make sure you're not doing because it's easy to bring our current timeline and culture into play. How do you do your research and get in that zone? I have a life times worth of reading British literature from that time period. So really a lot of it is reading things from the time period and really immersing yourself in that culture of the day. And you really start to get a feel for things that were um, proper and expected and so forth. But another great way to really start learning more about that time period is just reading, especially with all the Jane Austen interest within the last several years, mm-hmm. there is a wealth of interesting knowledge out there that um, it's available in books, articles. There are several groups dedicated to that time period that put on educational programs. Really, it's just to start looking, find one particular area of the time period that you're interested in and go from there. It, is that is Downton Abbey, is that that same time period? It's later, Downton I think. Downton Abbey is later. It's more so, Edwardian. And I believe Downton Abbey first, um, it started 
prior to World War One, and so the Regency would have been about a hundred years before that. But really, there are a lot of similarities um, in the way the houses were run and some of the manners. There's actually a lot of similarities. Have you taken trips over there to England and experienced that? Yes, I went um, when I was in college. I went for a very short class over in England on British literature, and we went. Um, to England and to Scotland and went to a lot of the literary high points. And it was just a fascinating, fascinating trip. It, well, it, it is that, that time period is very intriguing mm-hmm. and, and all that. And it is intriguing how much time, because, you know, when we're talking about pursuing dreams and it's fascinating, we just so appreciate you joining our show today and just articulating in, even in your numbness state from being in the <laughs> you're doing. In, I'm so embarrassed by that. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> You know what? What we love about that, it's real life. And that's what we're all about on our show is just being authentic. And this is who I am. And this is what's, you know, coming through. And, and uh, so we just appreciate that because you fit right in with our conversations. You know, we went hysterical, historical. <laughs> but um, we, here's, here's the thing. I, I, we always like to kind of get in behind the scenes. But, okay, so you, you're doing your strategic marketing. You're writing. You have deadlines. You have a family. How much time do you allot for research? Because that's kind of the thing, too, is like, how do I juggle all these significant aspects of my dream in there? So how do you allot your time? And I know a lot of writers approach this differently. So if you ask another writer, they're going to say something completely different. But what I do is I tell my story first. And when I'm coming up with a story idea, I come up with the plot and um, start to write the story from there. And then as I'm writing, when I encounter something historically that I'm not sure about, I make a note and come back to it later. So I try not to muddy my writing time with research time just because I really think it slows the pace down. I try to keep a list of things that I need to go back and find when I'm not in my dedicated writing time. And so I found that, for me, that speeds up the process a little bit. Now, if you're needing a historical point for your plot, like before you even start writing, which happens sometimes, then I do the research up front. But for the most part, I start writing and then go back and fill in the holes as I need to. Well, you can definitely tell this is a dream, and this is, this is your passionate. sweet spot because mm-hmm. you, your voice lights up uh, just talking about it. And that's just really cool because there's so many – people that have not identified what makes them come alive. And it's really refreshing when you find somebody that, that does, that comes alive when they talk about an aspect of their life. Cause don't you find that when you're in your sweet spot, like with writing that it really transfers and you feel like a better wife and a better mom mm-hmm. and a better, what, you know, whatever role you fill because that enthusiasm. Absolutely. Transfers. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you find that true? Yes, and you know, it's also the people around you who love you also are happy to see you in that role, too. So it's really important to communicate your dreams. You know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, that's silly. They'll think I'm silly if they know this about me, or if they know that's my dream, they'll they'll think it's weird. But really, those people who love you and really want to support you, when you're in your element doing what you're doing, people are happy for you and want to support you. So a lot of times you can't do dreams by yourself. You know, it takes help. Like I know I wouldn't be a published author if my husband didn't help me as much as he did and wasn't as understanding as he was because it really is, you know, I've told people before, it's a family effort. The whole family's involved. When mom's writing, you know, the whole family pulls together and and makes the schedule work. And so that's been something that's been a real blessing to me is how supportive my husband has been. So it's really important that you share your dreams with those who love you. Thank you. 
Sarah, we're going to have to quit. We thank you so much for sharing your dreams with us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thank you. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We've been talking about aspirations and nebulous dreams, and we are going to finish that I never want to hear that word again after the show, okay? Just so you know. I just have to keep rubbing it in. But joining us now is best-selling novelist Robin Lee Hatcher, and Robin is known for her heartwarming and emotionally charged stories of faith, courage, and love. She discovered her vocation after many years of reading everything she could put her hands on, which you know that I love, love, love. Like I, I like to even put my nose inside of books because I love the smell of, of books. As a matter of fact, I, I just have to do a side note. Um, it's funny because um, one of our, our sound engineers actually sent me, because we, whenever we talk about books and I, I talk about my sniffing like love, <laughs> she sent me this spray that you can actually spray it and it smells like the inside of books. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was like the funniest, like most innovative gift I think Who I've knew ever. That, that scent was out there. <laughs> I know. But um, I, so I instantly connected with Robin, even just reading that, that she loves everything that she and can get her hands on. Robin I right know. Now. She should run. 
Um, she actually likes even reading the back of cereal boxes and ketchup bottles, which is so funny because I remember sitting there with my brother. Don't you? That was like so fun. Like you'd be bummed if somebody threw the cereal box yes. away and took the yes. package out because you yes. couldn't read the back of the cereal box. Uh, she has won numerous liter literary awards, including being the recipient of the prestigious RWA Lifetime Achievement Award, and she is the author of 70 novels with over 5 million copies in print. So we just want to welcome you, Robin, to the show today. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Well, you are entering at your own risk into our dialogue and um, because we are kind of highly caffeinated. Patty's been throwing out the nebulous word. Um, we've been misquoting <laughs> things. So um, you're, you know, expect the unexpected in the next few moments. But um, we are just thrilled to have you a part of our show and gleaning from you and, and uh, hearing all, all these, you know, talking about dreams, aspirations, like Patty said, and Patty's nose is in a book a lot. So um, tell us a little bit about you and, um, you know, just your dreams and your aspirations as a writer, how did, how did you recognize that? And then what did you do? Obviously, 5 million uh, copies in print is no insignificant accomplishment. So how did it all start for you? You know, I was always a voracious reader. Uh, I'll tell you that it, it started because I could see my grandmother, my mother, and my brother all reading. My my mm. father died when I was a baby, so that's the only reason I can't include him in that. But everybody that I lived with could read, and so I went off to my first day of school with one goal in mind, which was to learn to read. And when they didn't teach me the first day, I told my mother I wasn't going to bother to go back <laughs> um, because, <laughs> because they hadn't taught me to read that very first day. Um, so I've always had this this love of of reading, and um, I do believe that I was born to be a storyteller. I believe that that was a, a gift that was created in me. But I thought I was going to be an actress. That was really what I wanted to do when I was young. I never thought about being a writer, although I was always scribbling something whether it was bad lovesick poetry when I was 16 on my school binders or uh, or writing in a journal or sending long letters to, to family members. I was always writing something. But one day I, I read a book. There was actually several steps. But the ultimate step was I read a book that I wasn't happy with the ending. And I thought to myself, and it's a very arrogant statement, but it has launched many a career well, if this can get published, I can write something that would get published. And um, it's arrogant because we have no idea how hard it is to write until we actually start doing it. Um, but I'd had this idea floating around in my head for a time, and so I sat down and, and put pen to paper and, and began and um, loved, loved it right away, loved the fun of telling a story. Uh, of letting it just pour out onto paper and and letting my creativity run wild, and um, so then when I finished that book, I I uh, sent out query letters and read everything that was available in the library to help me know what to do because this was this was many years ago. It was over thirty years, wow. and um, I got mostly rejections, but the publisher who asked for the book and read it, offered me a contract, and and then they went bankrupt, <laughs> and wow. I had to start over again and, and resell it. 
um, which I did. And then my first book was published 30 years ago last month. Mm. Wow. Amazing. You know, just the hearing you um, talk about the process, uh, I, I mentioned earlier on, on some of our dreams of, of moving forward. And it, it's so easy, especially when you hear the obstacles. And that's also, it's so encouraging to others to go, okay, first of all, that you had um, so many people that said, no, no, thank you. I mean, it's really easy. We, we've talked to a lot of people that once you have that, that first or second um, publisher that says, not so much, you start self-doubting and that whole self-talk that you go, eh, maybe this really isn't for me. Maybe I, I didn't really hear God's whisper the way that I, I thought. So to push forward and go, no, I can tweak it. Someone's going to like it. I believe in it and, and keep moving forward. How did you do that? Was that just, I mean, I mean tons of prayer? <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, that's definitely part of it. But I, I think um, it's part of the creative nature, I don't know any writers who don't vacillate between um, great confidence and absolute terror and believing that they're a, a fluke. And mm. one day somebody's going to go, you know, she really can't write and we're going to cease publishing her. Mm-hmm. Um and <laughs> I still have doubts all the time. Um, I doubt that I can really complete the next book. So it it helps me actually to keep a journal uh, of of my writing progress, so that uh, I know what was going on in my life in any certain time, and I know that I still completed so many pages per day, or was able to um, do the revisions. Um, some revisions are really tough. Some are very easy, but um, but I still need to know that I look. I could do that. I did it once before. I've did it seventy times before. Yeah. But the doubts still creep in, and we have to be um, just do the best you can. And that's all any of us can do is the best we can today. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I can probably do better, but today I will just do the best I can. Well, you, you know, just you even talking through the process of, of what so many times it's easy. You want to know what somebody is thinking, not necessarily yes. what they're saying, but what they're thinking. So you took us into the thinking, which is so I, I like when you said, you, you, you know, you vacillate between having great confidence yes. and feeling like a, I don't know how you said it, a fluke. Like if they really knew me, they know that I don't really, because I think we all, we all struggle with that. It's like, if they really knew me and you know, when our own, the stories we tell ourselves and that self dialogue when we're, and and then yet you have confidence that I know this is my sweet spot. So just articulating that is very helpful because that is part of the process. And uh, many times we stop too short of our dreams. Cause like you said, you've got to pursue, you got to move forward and move through the rejections, the, the doubts, the fears that come with that to really get to the other side yeah. where you're celebrating 70 books later. Yes. Well, it's almost like buying a car. You know how you think, Oh, I really, I really like that car. And you, you've never really seen it before. And then once you buy it, you go to the parking lot and everybody has that exact same car. Where when you have a book idea, you think this is a really unique book idea. And then all of a sudden you think, 
oh, like you said, the fluke of it, I, I know for us, you go, well, everybody's is writing about that particular thing. Do, do you ever feel that way where you go, ah, it's just one in the masses? Oh, absolutely. I, um, I've had this sort of thing happen to me several times in my career, but uh, I sold a, a proposal to a new publisher, and um, it, I was really excited about, about the premise um, it was telling the story of a woman's life. It followed her from age 15 to age 80 and told portions of her story in in each decade. And, um, oh, the publisher was all excited about it, and I was all excited about it. And, and so I got ready to start writing it, and I probably had written maybe the first uh, quarter or so. And I opened up a review magazine and here was um, a blurb for a brand new book by a major New York Times bestselling author. I'm talking millions of copies of of his series, not just all of his books. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like it could be the back cover blurb for the book I was writing. Uh. And I was just, I was just, devastated. And, and then the author, when something like this happens, we always have to decide, do we read it and let it influence what we're doing? Yeah. It's like poisoning. Or do, we, or do we just continue? And I made the decision to just keep writing my book because for one thing that I know is that there are a limited number of plots. What makes each book unique is the author's voice. So there isn't anything new under the sun. Nothing that I write is going to be truly original in terms of of just the the plot um but the author's voice makes it unique and that's why we can keep reading story after story that's inspired by Cinderella um we that that fairy tale uh we know it and we like to revisit it and it's the author's voice that that gives each each version of it freshness. So that's what I did. I decided not to read it, but as soon as I had turned my book in, I I read it. And um you know, even though the blurbs fit both of our books, they were they were not the same because he had his story and I had my story um to tell and and so it it made me a little less fearful when I hear of somebody's book that just came out that is the one that I'm working on, or or mine may even be coming out the very same month. I've I've had that happen. So um, it's a like I said earlier, the the creative personality is is um, well. There was there was a there was a quote that I saw recently on the internet that said, um, "You are a writer. The normal ship sailed without you long ago." Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just think that that is just so true. Well, um, you know what? We're going to have to take a quick break and we're going to come back because there's so much we want to say. So we'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it. 
Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with Robin Lee Hatcher, best-selling novelist and author of 70 novels with over 5 million copies in print. And Robin, we just closed out um, before our commercial break, just talking about how we have that unique voice. And I think that's so encouraging for our listeners out there that we do get caught up in, in the masses. And I know even Lisa and I, our, our saying is there is a gas station on every corner. Um, when you just think, no, there's no way we can do this. It's already been done. And, and like you said, there, there's nothing new under the sun. But God gives you that unique voice to put your twist and to tweak it. Well, and it's so easy to compare. And like you said, here's this other book out there and, and that could have been, you know, the cover, the back cover of your book and you chose not to read it until after. And I think that was a great decision because how many of us would have gone, Oh, I need to read it. And then we compare and then it might've shut you down, but what a great, you know, just, um, decision and encouragement to the rest of us like stay true to your authentic creative voice and let God use that and like you said there, you know there's other voice out there but it's not yours and so um, you know Cinderella has been told many times through different voices so that was that was such a great great example great yeah. example that you shared with us of encouragement just to keep going and pressing through and not let not get hung up, which is so easy to do, which we know the enemy wants to do that so many times. Take us out of yes. the game. Mm-hmm. So as we continue this talking, we just want to, we had to cut you short and we so apologize. So keep going with that thought and just pushing through to, to here you are 70 books later, some of those things to get to this point. Um, you know, you just get up each morning and you just write. Um, that's that's the main thing. If you want to be a writer, that's that's got to be your focus is is to always be writing. I would like to say you mentioned the word comparison, and I think it's one of the lessons that that I've had to learn in in my career, and I think we all have to learn is it really is a, a dangerous, dangerous thing to fall into comparison, whether you think you're better than or worse than. Um, you know, Peter. Peter said, "Well, what about what about that disciple?" Mm. And Jesus said, "You know, that's none of your business." Um, looking at John, you're supposed to do what I have commanded you to do, and I think that that's a lesson that we all need to mm. to take home as we pursue our whatever our career path is that God has called us to. Is that um, don't be comparing yourself to others. It's a very unhealthy activity. 
Mm-hmm. And, well and even though you know that, and you and we we talk about that, you know, get out of that comparison game, and yet you will go somewhere. I I know Lisa and I were both out of town this week, but there was a situation where um, I found myself doing that, and it's um, it's very deflating. All of a sudden, you see yourself differently, you respond differently, you act differently. Even though in your head you're going, "Please God, help me with this." help me with this comparison game. And it's, it's hard to put that, those blinders on and just go, God created me for who I am. And I, I'm uniquely made and I have a voice. And this is what, like you said, when Peter starts asking that you, you know, you're sinning when you do it, but it's, it's hard to, mm-hmm. to get that focus. Mm-hmm. It is, it is hard. Uh, you know, the enemy whispers, um, defeating stuff in our ears, and we 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 can't ever let our guards down um, because he's always there, ready to, uh, and he knows us well enough to know what's going to be the thing that defeats us. Um, so it's a it's a it's a daily thing. It isn't like I learned the lesson about um, Peter and John because I read it one time in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to I have to remember it. Um, and remind myself of it when the whispers begin again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's significant to identify and recognize, okay, I'm getting one of these whispers, mm-hmm. and where is it coming from? And recognize it as the enemy trying to take you out and, and being willing to shut that down and to move forward. Well, before we, before we get too much farther, we want to make sure we have time for our listeners to know how to follow you, how to find you, and and what you're working on right now. So if you can just um, let us know a little bit about you in that way and how we can find you. Sure. Um, the best place to start to find me is at my website, which is robinleehatcher.com. And from there, you can find links to uh, various social media, such as uh, my Facebook page and Twitter and Pinterest and Goodreads. Um, I, I love to interact with with readers via my blog and and Facebook and so forth and and email. So those are all all great places you can find me. As for what I'm working on right now, I am um, in revisions of uh, my November release, which is called Love Without End. And um, I enjoyed when I wrote A Promise Kept, which is my most recent book, I enjoyed the setting so much, which is in the mountains of Idaho, that I decided to do a contemporary series uh, set in that same town. And so this book that I'm revising is the very first in that new series. Okay, I have two questions, and I'll go with one because I don't want to overwhelm you at one time. How do <laughs> That's you? <a> first. <laughs> yeah. How do you stay creative after 70 books and you're still producing and you know still writing? How do you come up with something fresh and new? Oh, goodness. Well, of course, the doubter in me says, well, I don't come up with anything fresh. And <laughs> um, but to be honest, the, I don't think that for a writer, coming up with new ideas is ever hard. My favorite thing to do as a writer is to get together with other writers and brainstorm books. And I have a group that I meet with every summer up in northern Idaho to brainstorm novels. And um, ideas are a dime a dozen. Uh, what's hard then is coming home and doing the day-to-day writing and getting the words done on paper. But ideas are really, um, they're just always out there. They're, they're everywhere. You hear a comment in a restaurant or in an elevator. You read something in the newspaper. 
and the next thing you know, your brain is going, oh, what if this happened, and what if that happened? And um, So I don't ever worry about coming up with, with ideas. They're they're always there. The The trick is to listen to them, find the one that captures your imagination, because as a writer, if you're going to spend four to six months or even a year or two years with um, certain characters in a certain situation, you better really care what's going to happen to them, because otherwise it's going to be a long, long um, month of getting those words on paper. Mm-hmm. So I look for the ideas that intrigue me, and then I go with it. Well, and that totally makes sense. Okay, so here's here's my second question without overwhelming you. Obviously, you've been writing for 30 years, your, your son. And in that amount of time, our culture has changed drastically mm. um, with the, you know, the arrival of social media, especially in the past 10 years. And like you said, you know, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Pinterest. Keeping up with all this current we like Patty and I laugh because we go, we defer to our kids a lot of times going, okay, help me with this. Or what does this mean? Just to stay current in the culture. And to them, that generation is very intuitive to us. We've had to relearn it. How has that impacted you and your writing and, and like even staying current with all of that? Has that been a challenge for you? You know, it hasn't. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm the one in our <laughs> marriage who hooks up the TV to the sound system and, I ha- always have the latest um, iPhone and ga- whatever gadgets. Um, I've probably been one of the first um, adapters to that. Ah. <laughs> so, so, but I'm also an extrovert on the extreme end of the scale. So to me, social media has actually been a wonderful invention because even though I spend hours alone in my office, I can hop online and communicate with with a few readers, and then I can go back to my book. So I don't feel as alone as I used to when all I had was my computer and the light on my desk, <laughs> and that yes. was that was it. I was all alone. So I don't feel as alone. That doesn't mean that a lot of the marketing that has fallen onto the author's shoulders that didn't used to be uh, isn't sometimes a burden. Mm-hmm. Because it um, 20 years ago, I just wrote my book and sent it in, and the publisher did everything from there. And um, in the in the publishing climate we are in today, that just isn't the case. The, a lot more is expected of the writer in terms of the marketing of of books once they come out. Okay, since you're a high extrovert, uh, that's intriguing to us because Lisa and I are definitely high extroverts um, to sit there and just be writing. And you, you mentioned you have a support group of other authors where you can brainstorm creative ideas. What, what else do you do to, to fill that cup of, of just the, the social aspect of for your extra? I know my husband works at home and it's funny because he has to, he has to go out. Like he, he just mentioned, I'm going to have to figure out some more golf or do something because it really is hard to fill that cup as an extrovert when mm-hmm. you're inside your office all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, it, I go in spurts, you know, all depending on what the demands of the, of the current manuscript is. Um, you know, if I'm in revisions, then I'm pretty much just living in my office and I have very low mileage on my seven-year-old car because I don't go that many places. <laughs> but um, but you do have to remember to live. Um, 
most of my activities are with other writers. Um, you know, so I try to get out with other writers and, and my husband, um, is at home as well. So we, we get out and do things together at odd times when, um, places aren't crowded. And so, so that's a lot of fun. He's, he's my best friend. So, so it's fun to do things, uh, with him, um, walks with the dog and, and things like that. But it's a, it can be a challenge when you have to spend so much time at the computer uh, and then where do you fit in having a life. But if you don't have a life, you'll have nothing to write about very soon. Well, that's so true because we, you do, we have, we always say, you know, like even when getting ideas for speaking and stuff, you have to change your environment, totally get out of that, which you start seeing life differently, hearing something differently and it inspires you. Yes. Yes. So totally get that. So we have less than two minutes. What is, how do you, what inspires you as a writer? Oh, what is, uh, what inspires me as a writer probably is reading really wonderful books. Um, You know, there's two ways that you can go when you read a fabulous book. And that's back to that comparison thing. First you think, oh my gosh, I'm such a hack. Um, but, but the other is that it just makes you want to go out and be better. Uh, when I, when I read a story that just, uh, takes me away, um, recently I, I finished a wonderful new novel and, um, probably about 25 pages from the ending, I was reading in bed and I gasped aloud because I had not expected what was going to happen. And then I burst into tears. And so, I mean, the author had me so totally in her grip. And so then that just makes me want to get up in the morning and go write something better. Well, that's a great, that's a great thing for it to be inspired. Well, again, we want to thank uh, all our listeners for dreaming with us today and thank our two special guests, Robin Lee Hacker and Sarah Ladd. And we just want to just encourage everyone, don't let your dreams die. Press forward, press through, and let God amaze you and surprise you with the destination he has in store for you with your dreams. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, we'll be talking again. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the